What a beautiful day it is to be in the house of the Lord every day. Amen. It's a good day to be in the house of the Lord. We're glad that you're here. Welcome. If you're a visitor with us, I hope you got a visitor's card and filled it out. There's a gift bag for you in the back. Uh, we'd love just to get to know you and give you a little gift of appreciation for you being here today. Um, so we're glad that you're here. As far as announcements this morning, uh, Amy's going to come up and finish out our, our announcement time. Uh, good morning. So this Saturday at 6 o'clock, um, we're going to have a craft night, and we're going to make a set of fall pumpkins for your house. Um, all the proceeds will go to helping the youth and children attend our various summer and winter camps. Um, all supplies will be supplied, and um, <laughs> there will be light refreshments. Uh, the cost is $25 per person, and if you want to attend, just call or text Angela Brooks or Heather Bussert. All right, and we thank you. You see in, the, in your bulletin as well, the, the preschool has started. Uh, they had a great week last week, and uh, I want to encourage you to, to help them out with some, with some supplies. Uh, there's some boxes around the church where you can drop those off and uh, be a part of the preschool ministry in that way. Also, next Sunday night, uh, the next two Sunday nights uh, will be ministry nights. So if you're on a committee or a or a ministry team, uh, there are schedules at the front and at the information table. You can check for where your team will be meeting and what time, uh, so you can make plans for this coming church year, so we can uh, make God known uh, to our community and to the world. Amen? So we are glad that you're here, and we pray that, that we'll take our attention off of ourselves, off of the things of the world, and focus on God Almighty, during this time of worship today. Let's pray together. Father God, we do thank you for the day. God, whether it's sunny outside or cloudy or raining or snowing or whatever it is, that is the day, God, that you have prepared for us. And so with that, we rejoice and are glad, Lord, that you've given us this day to live, to worship you, to be an example for you, to make you known to those around us, because Lord, we know that this world needs the light of Jesus. And so Father, today we, we lift our eyes to the heavens, we lift our eyes beyond the horizon, God, and we focus on you during this time, for you are our Lord and our Redeemer, our Savior. Father, we thank you for your love, we thank you for your grace and your mercy, uh, and God, just for the opportunity to have eternal life through you. God, our, our hearts are open and ready to receive your word today through music and song, through the word. And so, Father, speak to us. May we hear from you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
The sun came up, as it always does. Alarm clocks rang out. People got up, got ready. Just like every other day, they rustled the kids out of bed, got them dressed and fed and sent them off to school. It was the same old, same old thing. The same routine. It was just another day. That day was any day but just a normal, normal day. You see, at 8.46 that morning, our lives changed. The world changed. The world changed forever. September 11, 2001 will be the day we will never forget. Four planes were converted to weapons of mass destruction that day. Two of them were flown into the World Trade Center. One of them was flown into the Pentagon. One was was taken over uh, by the passengers and crashed into the ground to keep it from hitting the Capitol or the White House. Where were you on that day? Do you remember? The day the world stopped turning on that September morning, 21 years ago today. That memory is probably etched into our minds. Most had never heard of Al-Qaeda or Osama bin Laden and ISIS. Hadn't even been, that didn't even exist at the time. You probably remember the feeling of, of, of just being stunned and the feeling that, uh, of emptiness in the pit of your stomach. The, the, the feeling of, of disbelief. You remember the look on President Bush's face when he got word of, of what was taking place? Airlines across the country were, were grounded. There were no planes in the, in the air. They were grounded uh, for, for, for days. That brought on the TSA and it was formed in, in, in November of, of that year. That began the, the long lines and the no, no liquids on airplanes, not even a, a, a nail file. The stock market was closed for, for six days. The longest since the Great Depression. When it opened, when it reopened, the the stock prices continued to tumble. It lost over $1.4 trillion in that week. Trillions more in, in the years to come. September 11th officially launched the war on terror. The Department of Homeland Security was, was formed. The Patriot Act was passed and, and, and surveillance was greatly enhanced on on foreign and domestic people. Prior to 9-11, our arch enemy was the, was the Communist Party. After 9-11, our enemy instantly became the Muslim jihadist. Fear, confusion, uncertainty gripped our nation. The following Sunday, Many churches were, were packed to capacity. Patriotism soared. You couldn't find an American flag in any store around. They were sold, they were sold out. Everybody was, was coming together, uniting together in, in homes, in churches as a country. We were united as one. But will we forget? Will we forget? Will the memory fade like that of Pearl Harbor? Think about this. Basically, no one in college was even alive when that happened. Kids under 21 don't have a clue of what it meant to us that day. 
They don't know what it meant for us to, to experience and go through what, what that meant for us. Oh, we will never forget, but they will never know what it meant. Look how, look, look where we are today. Look how our country, look how things have changed in the last just 20 years. People are burning the American flag in the streets. Statues are being torn down, lawlessness in the streets. To be labeled a patriot is to be seen as an enemy by many. The United States has turned its focus from, from the Muslim jihadist and, and back to the Communist Party. Many churches that were full are now struggling to, to stay open, poking its thumb in the eye of God, rejecting Him and, and, and mocking Him. Yes, we live in a, in a different world. A much different world than just 20 years ago. Where were you on September 11, 2001? We can all probably say, okay, for me, I was riding down Interstate 85. What about you? We, probably everybody knows where they were. But, but let me ask you another question. Where were you spiritually? On September 11, 2001. For me, it was the start of the second week in ministry. <laughs> what a way to, to kick things off, right? Where are you today? Spiritually. What's changed for you in the last 20 years? Are you where you want to be? Are you where you would like to be or where you'd want to be spiritually? Have you grown spiritually since 2001? What's changed for you in your relationship with Christ? Are we serving the Lord? Are we serving the Lord more today or less today than in 2001? Are we faithful with our tithing? Are we faithful in our prayer time? Are we faithful in our Bible study? Are we faithful in our church attendance? Where are we today versus 2001, 20 years ago? Where were you then spiritually? Where are you now spiritually? But the important question is, where will you be spiritually? Where will you be spiritually when Christ comes? Where will you be spiritually when, when, when either Christ comes back to take us home or you are called home in death? Where will you be on that day? There's an old saying, there's, there's two certainties in, de in, in, in life, death and taxes, right? Well, well, the IRS is doubling their agents, so they're going to make sure the, the taxes part is going to stay for real. And God promised us that death would be real, right? That we all have an appointed time to die. That nobody is going to escape this life. I just heard a, a news thing this morning that, that a prominent leader said he was going to start taking better care of himself because he thought that, that either this generation or the next generation would be able to live forever. <laughs> oh yeah, we're going to live forever somewhere. Be it with Almighty God in heaven or separated from Almighty God in the pits of hell. 
And we make that decision now in this life for the next life. But everyone has an appointed time. In Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27, it says, Just as people are destined to die once, and after that to face judgment, so Christ also sacrificed once to take away the sins of many. So He will appear a second time, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting on Him. Are we waiting on God to come? Are we ready for that day? Are we excited about seeing Jesus face to face? Or or is it something we're fearful of, of what that day might bring for us? In verse 27 it says, Just as people are destined to die once and after that face judgment. Folks, we're all going to die and we're all going to face judgment. Psalm 39 verse 4 and 5. It says, Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered, how fleeting my life is. You have made my life no longer than the width of my hand. My entire lifetime is just a moment to you at best. Each of us is just a breath. In the scope of eternity, that's what our life resembles. We're here only for a short time. In Psalm 139, 16, it says, Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Before we were formed in our mother's womb, God had planned to determine how long our life on this earth would be. And nobody knows how long it will be for any of us. And so are we living each day to the fullest? Are we living each day for Christ Jesus? Death is a certainty and and, and the destiny of every person. And death has no respect for anybody. It marches into the homes of rich and takes them just as it invades the streets of the homeless. It takes the young man who's ready to launch his career just as easily as he takes the old man lying on his deathbed. It strikes down the the healthy and takes away the sick. Folks, we need to be living every day as if today was our last day because it might just be. It might just be. And so if it were today for you, would we be ready... To face the Lord Almighty. Would we be ready? Because you see, death is certain. And knowing that, does that change the way that we look at life? Does it change the way we approach every day to think that today might be our last day? Some may, but I think for many... Many of us, we get caught up in the day. We, the, the sun comes up, the alarm goes off, we get ready, we get our, our kids woke, uh, awake and send them out the door and get them to school. We go to work, we do things at work, we come home, it's a busy evening, we, we fix supper and man, I'm wore out and I go to bed. All the while forgetting that, 
that we may not wake up in the morning. And are we living the days pleasing God? Are we living each day as if it were our last? Another way to say that is, is how will we be living when we meet Jesus? How will we be living when we meet Jesus? That old friend of mine that he was probably 20 years, 25 years older than I, than I am, and he's since passed away, but, but we used to go on, on mission trips together. And the subject of drinking came up one, one night on a mission trip. And he said, he said, yeah, I used to drink. I used to have social drink, you know, every now and then. He said, but something caught my mind brought to my attention one day. He said, what if I had been drinking and woke up in the presence of God drunk? <laughs> he said, I've never touched it again. But how are we living? How are we living our life? In everything that we do, are we glorifying God? Are we trying to glorify God? Are we living a godly example for, for others to see? Are we living a life testifying to the goodness of God? Are we living a life helping other people? Are we living life on mission and in ministry? Or are we taking this life for granted? Are we making the most of every day? Are we making an eternal difference in somebody else's life? Are we sharing the gospel with them? Are we being that example for them? Are we giving them encouraging words? Are we building them up or trying to tear them down? Because you see, just as death is certain, God's Word also tells us that, that judgment is certain as well too. It says that after death comes judgment. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, it says, For we must all, and that being all Christians here in this passage, will appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. We're going to be held accountable for everything we do, everything we think, and everything we say. We're going to be held accountable for it. In 1 Corinthians 3.13 tells us that our, that our work will be shown for what it is, whether good or bad. And so we'll be rewarded as Christians based on the works that we do because of our love for Christ. And then you have the judgment for those who, who've never received Christ, those who, who rejected Christ. We see in, in Psalm 36 verses 1 through 4. It says, I have a message from God in my heart concerning the sinfulness of the wicked. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Does this sound like our world today? In their eyes, they flatter themselves too much to detect or hate their sin. 
the words of their mouth are wicked and deceitful. They fail to act wisely or do good. Even on their beds they plot evil. They commit themselves to a sinful course and do not reject what is wrong. Revelation chapter 20, verse 11 through 15. It says, And I saw a great white throne, and him who was seated on it. The earth and the heavens fled from his presence, and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and the books were opened. Another book was opened, which was the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in these books. The sea gave up the dead that were in, the, that were in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them. And each person was judged according to what they had done. And then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. Anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. First of all, let me ask you this morning, is your name written in the Lamb's book of life? If not, if not, that's where you will find yourself in all of eternity, in the pits of hell, in the fiery lake. What a terrible day it will be for those who reject Christ, those who, who worship God or worship other gods and, and worship themselves. This will be the beginning of eternal torment for them. Yes, death is certain and so is judgment. Judgment is coming. But praise God, praise the Lord. Jesus made a way for the forgiveness of our sin. Praise God. Praise God that we have the hope of eternal life in heaven with Jesus if we put our faith, hope, and trust in Him. In Romans 10, 9 it says, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be what? Saved. You will be saved. Have you done that? God loves us so much. He doesn't want to send anyone. In fact, He doesn't send anyone to hell. We make the choice ourselves by rejecting Him. We choose eternal death or we can choose eternal life. By believing that, that God loved us so much that He sent His Son who lived that perfect life, who died on the cross, and that God raised Him from the dead so that our sins could be forgiven so that we could have that hope of eternal life. You see, there may be somebody in here today that's never done that. Watching online that's never done that. Maybe questioning today where their, where their hope is. There was a story on September 11th. There was a firefighter who, as you all know, they, they ran into the World Trade Centers. This one fireman in particular ran into the, the first World Trade Center. And as he entered, all he saw was smoke. He couldn't see hardly anything. And, and, and so he turned on his flashlight and yelled out in a loud voice, If anyone can see the light, follow it. Because I know the way out of here. If anyone can see the light, follow it because I know the way out of here. And he says he was amazed at the number of voices that were calling out to him, wanting to, wanting to, wanting to be saved, wanting to, to be freed from the smoke and the darkness. 
That day He was able to lead with that light. He was able to lead six people out of the World Trade Center. And they said three minutes after they got out, it collapsed. But He called out. He said, I know the way out. Follow the light. Folks, there are people here today or, or online that are walking in darkness that are living a life of darkness. And let me tell you today, Jesus is saying, I am the light of the world. Come and, and follow me and I will give you life. I will show you the way out of the darkness of, of hell. Folks, our life is like a vapor. It's like a mist. And we're only here for a short time. And then we're gone. Death is certain. Judgment is certain. There's a lot of people that were that perished on that September morning. But you know what? There are people dying every day around us without Christ. They will perish eternally because they've never accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior. I'm asking you today, don't be one of those. Don't let someone you love be one of those. For you can share the light of Christ with them. You can lead them to eternal safety. Because you can carry the light of Christ with you into the dark world. Saying, I know the way to safety. I know the way to eternal life. For Jesus is the light of the world. Where will you be on your appointed day? Where will you be on the day that God calls you home? How will you be found? Will your name be found in the Lamb's book of life? Will your life be about knowing Him and making Him known to the world around us? Folks, we need to have a, a repentant heart like King David, both individually and as a nation. Our nation is... is living in pure darkness and evil. And folks, we need to be the light in the dark world. We need to share the goodness of God with those who have no hope. It all begins with us being filled with repentance, confessing our sin, and becoming one with Christ. Allowing our relationship to be refreshed and renewed so that He can use us in the way that He wants to. In a way that will grow and bring glory to the kingdom of God. In closing, I want us to pray through a portion of Psalm 51 together. That is the prayer of King David in his prayer of repentance. Let's pray together. Almighty God, have mercy on us and our nation. Oh God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. 
Wash away all my iniquities and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions. And I know my sin is always before you. Against you and you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So you're right in your verdict and justified when you judge. Cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be made whiter than snow. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Restore to me the joy of my salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. For you, O Lord, are my King. Your love is beyond amazing. We love you, Lord. Hear our prayers, God. Change our hearts today. Lord, make known to us our waywardness and draw us close to you that we may worship you, our eternal King. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Let's stand together.